Hey everybody, thanks for tuning in. The next 10 minutes are inspired by a cabinet maker, a dining room table, and a teacher. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the engine. I have several family members that are involved in the trades. Some are contractors, just general contractors. Some are carpenters. Um, I have an uncle that owned a, a millworks and a cabinet shop for, for 30 years, and they're very skilled at what they do. I personally love building things. Now, this is not to say in any way, shape, or form that I am actually a professional tradesman. I, I dabble in a lot of different things. I really enjoy woodworking. I build tables and whatnot, and, and I like it. I really enjoy the idea of having something that's in your head that's brought to reality, which is a funny which is a funny thing, but I mean it's very obvious when you're building a table. Hey, you have this idea of what it's gonna be, maybe you write out some plans, you buy some lumber and all of a sudden you put this stuff together. And that's cool, but you do the same thing with Legos. Like like you're not buying lumber, but these little pieces and they go together and boom, you have, you know, the Batmobile or something. So again, it's something I've always enjoyed doing. And as I dabbled more and more in it, I started doing some small pieces for pay. So I became this professional, professional woodworker. And one of my uncles pulled me aside at a family get-together and started chatting with me about it, which I, which I greatly appreciate. And especially considering you know, my, my family is so invested, individuals in the family are so invested in these things, it's awesome to be able to, to, be able to share that with them. And, you know, hear about what they think or hear about different methods that they use. And, and again, I'm a people person. I love, I love connecting. So we're talking through this one particular project. It was a very large table, a 12 foot, 12 foot long redwood table. It's about three and a half inches thick. It's a monstrous piece. And this family had commissioned me to do it. And I was very pumped about it and chatting with a bunch of people about it. And at the end of the conversation, he said something that really stuck with me. He said, look. At the end of the day, you have something. And I kind of stared at him, like, what are you, I mean, of course you, you have a table. He's like, no, but, but you've done something. You, you can talk to people, and he knew I was interested in becoming an attorney. He's like, you could, you could be an attorney, you could go into law, and at the end of the day, what do you really have to show for it? And it's really hard to disagree with that at the end of the day as an attorney yeah you have a stack of papers um, or maybe somebody smiling I don't know I don't know what the life of an attorney is but I do know it's not the same as having a 12 foot long redwood table and so I kind of had to agree with him I said okay I get it he said look you're exhausted you've used everything you had in the day and you have something to show for it you're a doer you were doer. You have done something. And he was obviously very, very passionate about this idea. And, and as I usually do, even if I disagree with somebody when they're very, very passionate, I just let them have their moments. So I said, yeah, yeah, I get that. I get that. You've done something. He was very pumped about it. And we went on our ways. And I thought about this for months because I think on the surface, he's absolutely right. You can point to something at the end of the day you can point to something and say i have that i have that i brought that into reality it's a beautiful kind of idea but 
is that really all there is to it? Is having something physical to show for it the most important or noble thing we can do? And I started thinking about what I do as a teacher. And it's a difficult, nuanced thing. At the end of my day, if I work 10 or 12 hours straight teaching people math concepts or grammar concepts or, or helping them with an essay, what do I have to show for it? I certainly don't have a dining room table or a, an exterior table or any table at all. I have nothing, nothing tangible that I can pick up and say, ha. And to some degree, that is a frustrating endeavor because it's very hard to justify your existence to the world in general if you can't point to something tangible, right? Like people understand teaching. They understand, hey, look, I learned something at some point and I had some teacher and that teacher worked hard and we move on with our lives. Yes, you have that. But it's a lot easier if you say, hey, look at this coffee table I made today. It's, it's right there. You can't argue with it. But I think if you take a step back, you don't see that that's all you really produce. Because in my life, the people I feel debts of gratitude the most, probably one professor from college and, and one or two sports coaches. Now at the end of their day, these people had made me better they had made me better in every way, a better human being, more driven, more capable. They had shaped and molded and brought out my character. And at the end of the day, they go home and they have nothing to show for it. Because inspiration and motivation and character are invisible. But if you give them long enough if you give them a long enough time frame, then the fruits of their labor become very, very evident. If I were to point at my life now and contact these people and say, look, I want you to know you made this happen for me, that would be a different thing. That would be a, that would be a monumental thing. It's way different than a table. It would be the kind of thing where I said, look, you shaped a life. You shaped a person. That's not something you can pick up and put down and sell to someone, but you made an impact and that impact on my character and my person as a whole has shaped my life with my wife, has shaped my life with my children and has also shaped the lives of my students because I cannot I would not be able to do what I do were it not for these experiences. So I think one of the difficult things is when you're faced with tangibles versus intangibles is seeing everything on the same time frame. Because if you, if I work my whole life to inspire someone or inspire students, it may take decades for those things to come out. I recently just contacted a wrestling coach that I had from when I was 14 because I've been considering my life from, you know, 10,000 feet away and saying, okay, where was I most impacted? What were those times when I could step back and say, okay, this was it now that I have some space. And when I was 14, that was one of them. Now let's be very clear. I was a very bad wrestler, but the coach changed who I was. 
enormously. And it took him over two decades to get recognition of that. So when you are considering things like this, take a little bit of a step back and consider, look, am I, am I doing this justice? I understand that somebody has something very solid here, but what else may come from this course of action? And I thought about that and I thought, yeah, that's 100% fair. That's 100% fair. If you, if you want to take the intangible, those are the things that matter the most. And I kind of patted myself on the back for this. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But I don't think it's the whole truth, even though it's a good truth. It's not the whole truth, and that's the distinction. Because the family I built that table for, they used it in their backyard. And it, again, it was 12 feet long. It could seat something like 16 people. And it was awesome. And they use it for family gatherings. They use it for barbecues. They use it for socializing. And they rally around this table. It's where people make food and break bread and drink a glass of wine or just talk. They sit down and talk. As awkward as it is to, to stand up, or excuse me, sit at a table, it's way worse to be at a barbecue and just standing there like a ding-dong. If you have somewhere people can sit like a common table, a huge one, the experiences you have, the relationships you build, the relationships you maintain, limitless. It's unbelievable. So it's not fair to say that that table had a very specific finite value. It has an infinite amount of value to these people. The relationships and the time that they spend together, those will be memories that they, they will take for the rest of their lives. Now, how does that compare to my wrestling coach? I think it's really hard. I think it's really hard to value one over the other. And that's the point. That's the biggest point. That we need to stop trying to value ourselves and value our activities and value our professions and value individuals based on what they do or don't do, what they make or what they don't make. Because if you really take a step back, it's impossible to know the wide swath of, of impacts that something as simple as a table or three months with a wrestling coach will make in someone's life. And just because you may not understand that thing, you may not understand wrestling, may not understand woodworking. My dad very much wanted me to be a doctor or a scientist of some sort, and I very much loved math, but when I switched to rhetoric and then ultimately became a teacher, he did not understand that. Now, that is not a slight on him. I think almost everyone is like this because they understand what they understand. And whatever's outside of that, they don't get. And they immediately value it less. At the very least, they recognize, look, I know the medical profession. Let's say my dad, for an example. I know the medical profession, so I can value this a certain way. I can't value anything outside of this because I literally don't understand it. And instead of putting an unknown value on it, which is potentially limitless, when we don't understand something, we value it at zero, which is a huge mistake, huge mistake. Things that are impossible to value or impossible for you individually to understand do not have a value of zero.
They could be wonderful. They could be terrible. Yes. But you don't know. So the next time you're confronted with something that you don't quite understand, don't put its value at zero. Even if you recognize you'll never wholly understand it, at least reserve judgment and allow it to exist. Because if you don't, you might be squashing something that has an infinite amount of positive effect in people's lives, like a table. And on that note, thanks for listening. Go out and crush it.